Hello and welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. My name is Lizzie. And my name is Stacia. And we are your co-hosts in all things weirdness, wellness. And today we are going to dive deep into the world of fat phobia and discuss things like what is it? What does it look like? What are some of the assumptions around it? And just so much more because learning more and more about this topic has just really expanded my awareness for the kind of discrimination, shame, and bullying that people in different bodies experience. And so we just want to raise some more awareness and start the conversation on what steps and things we can be doing to combat this nastiness. (laughs) Yeah. And how you can like notice it in your own life. Like I feel like, you know, people are somewhat aware of when they're having a bias, you know, towards gender or race. But I I really think people don't, if you don't know about fat phobia or you've never heard of it before, and we'll dive into like the conversations station I've both had with people about what fat phobia is, but a lot of people don't even realize that they have a bias for different size bodies. Yeah. And just how deeply rooted these biases are that they're even in rooted into the healthcare system, doctors, nurses, people that are Mm -hmm. supposed to be advocates for people's health that don't even understand that those biases like sink into their thoughts. And that's definitely like as I was doing some preparation for this episode under the my notes for solutions, quote unquote, was examine your own biases. And that is something that is really just huge if we can raise our own awareness on a topic. And Stacia, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So I felt like how we decided on this topic was really cool just with your experience kind of playing around on TikTok and falling into this by accident. Accident. Mm-hmm. So do you want to just kind of like tell the class uh, <laughs> how like basically just what happened and how we got talking about this? Yes. Well, A, I still I love the world of TikTok for a few reasons. It has really opened up my world to being exposed to a lot of different content that I'm not being shown on Instagram. So it really has widened the kind of content I see, which I really appreciate. Like I don't realize just how much of a vacuum I live in, especially even on my explore page. And now as I start to follow more diverse accounts, I get shown more stuff on Instagram, but TikTok really helped me to like expand into that. But it has just been so interesting. I mean, there's, it's so complex. That's, I'm just like, I have so much I want to say, Lizzie. Yeah. For example, one thing that I posted about recently was you take Lizzo and she is in a very full coverage underwear and she shows her body for 0.25 seconds. And then you take somebody in a thin and what society would deem as beautiful, attractive body in a bathing suit and they get two totally different responses. One is supposed to be taken down because it violates the community guidelines. And the other one is praised for being beautiful and wonderful. And disciplined. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so crazy because you see things like that. And it's just like I never really took the time or had that much awareness about how messed up that is and that that's not okay. And something else I see so often on TikTok, luckily, I really do believe most people are there to uplift each other. And there are so many positive comments that I see on people's videos that they make, which is really encouraging. But there also is still a tremendous amount of trolling and bullying. And it makes me really sad. Like one that I saw yesterday, this girl was like, I had so much fun learning this TikTok dance. And then after I finished recording it, all I could do was look at my fat rolls and my belly and it took all the joy out of the dancing 
for me. And I was like, yep. my heart freaking broke. I was like, dancing is one thing that gives me so much joy and that somebody could find that joy, but then have it immediately robbed from them because they don't feel like they should be allowed to feel joy because of the body that they're in. Yeah, right. And it was just it's really so crazy. Really sad. I mean, there, I, I guess a good place to start too. And I don't know if you have a good definition at hand, but like what even is fat phobia? Yeah. I mean, I, (laughs) how much time do we have? (laughs) Welcome to our nine hour podcast. So fat phobia, and we can post like some really, I have a lot of really great articles I've read about this, but it's basically like exactly what it sounds like. The fear of fat people or judgment of people who are fat as being less than, and something that I've really learned just from my own experience in a larger and smaller body, which I'll dive into even like people who are in larger bodies, like they claim the word fat with pride. Like, just like I'm very tall. Like they're like, yeah, I'm tall. It's not like a bad thing to say I'm taller. I'm really short. And so they'll say like, yeah, I'm a fat person and it's not necessarily bad. But I think fat phobia, we can all so quickly think of times when it's shown up. It's somehow seeing somebody in a larger body and making all of these assumptions Mm -hmm. about them, right? Just like when you see somebody or not not you guys listening, because I know we're all really trying to be really thoughtful citizens, but you know, when people make assumptions about a black man running in the street or, you know, an Asian driver, these like stereotypes that people have. And yeah, it's seeing someone in a larger body and immediately assuming, oh, they must be lazy. They must never work out. They must have, you know, no discipline and just ascribing all of these assumptions and descriptors to their body and about their health and about who they are as people that are not based in anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is just wild. But I'm curious, like what your, you know, kind of description you would describe, because I know you've been doing a lot of fat phobia sort of research and like, yeah, really just learning about it lately. Definitely. So I would say that what you just said was pretty much exactly what I have in the fact that like I see it as the fear and dislike of fat people and the stigmatization of individuals with bigger bodies. So there's a lot of stigma behind being in a bigger body. And when I was taught like thinking about what that looks like, I was the exact same way. It's making a lot of assumptions about people based on how big or little their body is. So it's assuming yep. being overweight means being unhealthy and that thinness equals being healthy or assuming that everyone wants to lose weight or that only thin people can have eating disorders mm-hmm. or assuming, like you said, fat people have less willpower, lack self-control and are lazy and that all fat people have uh, poor eating and exercise habits and don't care about their health. So like, you make all these gross assumptions about people just based on what they look like, and that will never, ever tell the whole picture. And it's really unfortunate because I, for example, I will be the first to say that I spent a lot of my time in life being pretty fucking fat phobic. And it's not something that I am proud of to look back on. My sister has brought to my attention different things that I have said over the past. And I'm like jaw droppingly shocked because I'm like, you know what? I vaguely remember saying something to that effect. And I can't even believe that I could be so naive and ignorant. And even as a personal trainer, I have done a lot to, I don't think 
purposefully fat shame, but definitely have been a part of the problem. So it's something I think that that is also why I'm super passionate about it is because like technically when I started as a personal trainer, generally I'm here to tell people how to lose weight, Mm -hmm. but that's not something that ever really felt good for me or jived for me. And so I've had a huge shift in that, but I still see such negative messaging, like back to the TikTok thing. One thing I wanted to bring up was that I saw this video and like, I definitely have spread this message before where it's like choose your hard like this is hard and this is hard what hard do you want and so I saw this guy and he was like losing weight is hard but so is being fat yes I know exactly what you're talking about working out is hard but so is being weak being disciplined is really hard but so is being lazy Getting your shit together and changing your life is really hard. So is living unfulfilled and unhappy. And then choose your hard. And I just watched this and I was like so sick to my stomach because I'm like, okay, so essentially you're saying being fat makes you weak, makes you lazy, makes you having a life that is unfulfilled and unhappy. And I was like, you can't say that. Like, You can't assume that because someone is fat, they are all these things as well. But that is generally what people are conditioned to believe. And it's also making the assumption that you are actively choosing to have the body that you have, which as we all know, as rational, logical people with our own experiences in our own bodies, you don't get to choose your body. You don't get to choose your genetics. But I do think when you see people in larger bodies as a culture, especially in America, we often assume that like, oh, you just have like resigned yourself to being like this and you are somehow less than or not worthy of kindness or whatever because you are this lazy person where, you know, in reality, like someone could have an injury, someone could have a health condition, someone could be working a ton of jobs and have no time. Someone could not have access to proper food. Like people live in food deserts where they can't actually get fresh vegetables and can't afford and don't have the education or the access to it so that even being able to lose or gain weight is a privileged thing. Yeah, and also just because you're thin or in a smaller body does not mean, which we know inherently, that you are any happier or have any fewer problems than somebody in a different, you know, body. So there's so much to unpack here in Station. I am really passionate about this. I've had my own experience, you know, being in a larger body that I definitely want to dive into. But Stacia, you brought up something that I think we both have experience with as you know, professionals in the fitness space. So how have you noticed your, because I definitely notice this a lot in the yoga world and just in other kind of circles that I've been in, in like the fitness space, but how do you notice fat phobia showing up in like when you started personal training and how you've had to like seek out this information and just, you know, the ways you would interact with clients. I'm so curious what your experience with that is. Yeah. I mean, when I started out, it was 100% based on getting people to lose weight. I mean, a lot of people would come to me with that goal because guess what? We've been socially conditioned to think that like, that's the only reason to go to the gym and that's the only reason to work out. Exercise is associated with weight loss. <laughs> right. And you were also, I feel like we need to point out, like at this time you were in Vegas, which I feel like is <laughs> maybe a little bit more intense about aesthetics yeah. than like Seattle 100%. or, you know, where we live now. I feel like, I don't know, that's just like an assumption that I'm making, but I, I feel like it would probably be more pressure in Vegas to look a certain way than 
in other parts of the country. Yeah. I can't tell you how many women reached out to me and they were like, if I can't lose this last 10 pounds, I'm just flying to South America and getting surgery. And I'm like, Mm. wait, but like, don't you want to take care of yourself? Yeah. (laughs) Don't you want to feel good with exercise and things that you can be doing to like just overall feel better about yourself and not saying I realized for me, I through this journey because I was in, I when I say a larger body, like a larger body for me, it's very relative. But when I went through my quote unquote weight loss, for me, if somebody had waved a magic wand and suddenly put me in a smaller body, I would have felt the exact same as I did in a larger body. So it was really through realizing that exercise was a way for me to take care of myself. And when I say exercise, I literally just mean finding good ways to move your body that feels good for you. Going on a walk, (laughs) dancing. Stacia's a big dance in your house. Uh, uh, Finding movement that brings you joy. But I definitely, I saw such a like hyper focus on weight loss. And I mean, the thing that I find so interesting and like I also we need to do an episode about the fitness industry because it's so fun yes <laughs> oh my god we have it in our show now in our like episode ideas and you and I have both dropped in so many questions I'm like this needs to be Maybe like a fucking series <laughs> yeah <laughs> because I really feel like part of the problem is that we have been shown that diet and exercise are not effective weight loss strategies and it's interesting coming from a space of being a personal trainer who wears I am mostly sought after for to help people lose weight, yet rarely am I successful. And when I talk to most trainers, rarely are they successful. For example, my last partner, he was a very successful gym owner, online trainer, helped transform a lot of clients. He had a huge library. And like, I would talk about the frustrations because I'm like, I'm not getting my clients the results that I want. And he was like, honestly, like, if you can get like 5% of people to like get results, like that's still pretty great. And I'm like, that's insane. And then he also would be like, oh, I would say in my eight year, 10 year career, there's probably like five people that took what I taught them and actually kept with it. I can't tell you how many clients I see after I stop working with them that just revert back to their old habits, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, and so much of like diet culture and fitness culture is not sustainable, right? Like it's not, we're not giving people necessarily sustainable advice. It's like, you want to just like drink two shakes a day for the rest of your life? That sounds terrible. Yeah. And then this idea that the only thing worth putting your energy and effort into is losing weight. And I even think about, I was thinking about it this morning as we are living through a pandemic right now. What has obesity been called? It is literally the obesity epidemic. So we literally look at fat people as diseased because of the way that we talk about it as a society and as a culture. The language that we use around it is really important. And I think the fact that we refer to obesity as something that there needs to be a war against just like really perpetuates this idea that it's shameful, that it's bad, and that it needs to be fought against at all costs. Also, it's like, can you imagine if we were like the short people epidemic, (laughs) like the blonde haired people epidemic, like some people's bodies, that's just, you know, how you are. Like I think of myself when I was little and I was always, my mom always told me I was a sturdy girl, but I, you know, I just was like, 
I've always been really tall. I always was just like a little bit chubby. I was never one of those kids who was naturally thin. And I remember being all my cousins on one side of my family are especially when we were younger, very naturally thin. And I remember becoming aware of it as like a child and just being like, I don't get this. We're all eating the same amount. If not like the, my boy cousins are eating so much and they're like real thin and kind of starting to have that realization that like, oh, this is just like my body and this is just their body. I remember thinking as like a young kid, like what is wrong with me? When you start to become aware of like your body and fat and thin, and people getting, you know, praise for these things and just realizing like, I'm not eating more than these people. You know, I'm just as active as my boy cousins or whatever. But for some reason, I have a little pooch in my stomach, even though I'm, you know, going to basketball practice for three hours a day in fourth grade or, you know, whatever. And you just start to become aware of those things. And you're like, oh, this is just my body. And I remember my mom talking to me about it and just being like, yeah, you know, like this is your body and there's nothing wrong with it. And you are just, you know, if losing weight or being really fit is something that you feel like you want to do, especially as I got, you know, older, she was like, it's just gonna, you're gonna have to work really hard and you have to decide if that's something that you want to do. But I really appreciated the perspective she gave me on like, there's nothing wrong with your body. And like, because of how our bodies are and just our genetics, if that's something that you want, it's going to be way way harder and a lot of work for you than like, you know, your cousins who are naturally just like these cute little twigs. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. Like even as a trainer for me, I had this incredible transformation in the span of like six months. And like, yes, there had been a lot of stuff building up to that like time where I got really dedicated. But of course, that being said, then I went into training people and I was like, wait, why aren't they getting the same results as I am? Yeah, they're doing the exact same thing. (laughs) Totally. it was like so confusing. And I've learned so much in my time as a trainer and as a coach and understanding as I started to shift, I never understood. I've mentioned this before, like when I had clients and I didn't want to ask them about their weight. And I was like, I just, it doesn't feel appropriate. It doesn't feel necessary. And I would rather celebrate how they're feeling and the good choices that they are making that are making them feel better. And uh, that that really was a huge shift when I was able to embrace like what actually felt good for me as a trainer and as a coach versus what I thought I was supposed to do because society told me that's what I'm supposed to do as a trainer. Well, and like, I think the irony of all of this is doing what feels really good, like exercise or nutrition wise, like in the end, that's going to be way more sustainable than by sheer force of will trying to like, if you hate weightlifting or you hate yoga or whatever, but doing it because you're like, oh, I'm going to get a yoga body or whatever, but you hate doing it. Like that's, you could only willpower yourself so far. Whereas if you find like a type of movement and like a way of eating that feels really, really good to you, like it'll naturally just kind of stick. And even if it doesn't help you lose weight, if it's something that makes you feel really good, that's going to stick a lot longer than trying to hate yourself into a different type of body. Yeah, which is what's so crazy to me is that we take this thing and then we bully, shame, judge, and put down and criticize people in larger bodies and are like, why don't you want to change? And it's like, oh my gosh, imagine if we chose instead to accept and uplift these people. Do you think then they might be a little bit more encouraged to feel like they can take up space with their body and figure out how they can live in a way that feels good for them, not based on just how you think they should look in order to be healthy 
according to your standards. I definitely noticed it, you know, the fat phobia show up in my, and it took me, I've taught, I feel like I've mentioned this every single episode, but it took me like getting injured and then gaining a ton of weight to really be able to see it. Because when I was teaching yoga and teaching fitness classes and just in my own workout, I, and I'm somebody who like strength has always come really naturally to me. Like, you know, I, I can build strength really quickly. My body just moves that way. And so I would have students or people come to class and I would just be like, yeah, you just do this. Like, it's super easy. You know, like I'm a naturally kind of in my body. Like I don't have hand-eye coordination, but in my body, I'm I'm pretty coordinated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Like in my body, I'm pretty, you know, I have body awareness and I'm, I'm pretty coordinated. And so I would have people in class and I would be like, yeah, you just have to do like blah, blah, blah thing. And I would have some students and I would just be like, I can't figure out why this is so hard for them or like why they can't just do it. And then I put on a ton of weight really quickly when I got in my car accident and also subsequently was like really depressed and stressed, which as we know now, like from science just makes it, you know, so you gain weight quicker. And I started, you know, doing the same yoga classes and the same workouts. And I was like, this is so hard. When you just have more weight on your body, some things are not accessible. And I realized the language I had been using that was like, oh, come on, just do it. Or like, it's not that hard. And the assumptions I had been making about my clients of like, oh, they're just not trying that hard, or they're just not that athletic. And then being in a body that I knew was very athletic, but that had put on a lot of weight and being just like, oh my God, I need to tear down everything I have ever known about fitness and nutrition and bodies and build from scratch because I was trying so hard to lose weight, to stay in shape, but I couldn't work out. And it was just like impossible. Like my body was just gaining weight and I was so stressed and it just made it worse. And I started to realize all of these assumptions I had made about people, you know, because maybe their body presented a certain way, or I would have people who were like, well, I can't do that, you know, because I had, I was in a really bad car accident or I had surgery and I'd be like, it can't be that bad. And then when I got a really bad injury that was very chronic in a very major part of my body, I was like, oh my God, I've been trying to like, you know, encourage people really positively to push through their injuries. And now that I have like a really chronic bad injury, I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing? You know? And so it made me realize just, you know, the assumptions that I make about people. And also when you're in a larger body, certain things are really uncomfortable to do that when we're in smaller bodies, we don't really think about at all. 100%. Yeah. And it, you know, it was really interesting. It showed up for me in a lot of different ways that I'm, I'm, you know, at the time I was like, this is terrible, but now I'm so thankful when I was at my heaviest after my car accident, I would, I remember going to fitness classes or I did that stupid TV thing that I talked about in an earlier episode. And the people assumed that I had never worked out. Mm -hmm. Like I often got messaging of like, you just need to work out or you just need to learn how to eat healthier and like, you'll feel so much better. And I would always not to be an asshole, but just to like prove them wrong and put them in their place. I would be like, I was a division one athlete and I had a college scholarship. Like, do not try to tell me that I just need to work out more. Or I remember going to a spin class when I was at my heaviest and afterwards the instructor, he was a male, he had like a six pack abs. He was like, wow, you like actually did really well. And I remember <laughs> thinking, for the backhanded compliment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would get shit like that all the time. Like people would be very surprised 
because I was in the body that I was, you know, and my clothes didn't fit super well. It's really hard to find athletic clothes that fit when you're in a larger body, which I want to touch on in a second. And, you know, I'm also, I'm really tall. So when I gained weight, I immediately went to like size extra large and then like beyond that. But I would get these comments of like, wow, you did a really good job. And I was like, oh my God, when I was thin, nobody ever would have said it like that, you know, but it was just the shock. And it made me realize that I had done the same thing and people would make, you know, I remember this specific spin instructor would not leave me alone. And I finally was like, look, I I'm a yoga instructor. Like I teach Pilates, I teach bar, I teach all of these things. Like I was in a really bad car accident and I just look like this right now. Yeah. You know, and I, he was like, well, I do some nutrition coaching if you want to talk. And I was like, no, <laughs> like this is just where I'm at. Yeah. One of the things that I had written down was like things that are inherent in fat phobia that I think like people might not necessarily realize they're doing. And it's very similar to like what these people are doing, like this idea that a complimenting weight loss as inherently good. So being like, oh my gosh, you look like you lost weight. Yes. Or also giving unsolicited advice to someone about diets, weight loss, how to be quote unquote healthier. Like it's somehow we're in a position to tell other people what to do with their bodies because we know better because we are in smaller bodies commenting on or policing what someone is eating. So like how often you get that like, oh, are you sure you want to eat that extra slice? Or like, oh, I thought you were on a diet. Are you sure you should be eating that? And that like Mm -hmm. we somehow are from this position where we can tell other people and police other people on their body and their choices if we deem them as unhealthy. But I think that's one of the like biggest problems with it is that we mask the concern for someone's health because of their body size. So we're like, oh no, we just care about their health. Uh, I'm trying to help you. Yeah, Yeah. And like, it's really just an alibi in order to shame fat people for being fat. But it's like, no, but like, it's because I care about your health. And I remember I posted this on my Instagram stories a while back when it was like a big controversy because Jillian Michaels was found to criticize Lizzo. And that was like such a prime example of fat phobia in society today because here is a fitness trainer health professional being like no but like I'm worried for her health and it's like if you were actually worried for her health like are you her doctor have you given her a physical have you done her blood work do you know anything about her health besides what physical body what she, she looks is like. in. Yes. Like last time I checked, Lizzo could run fucking circles around me. Like that girl yeah. is a beast and in great shape. And She's I was dancing on stage all playing day. Playing the flute. Like I have, while singing, like I have no business judging her health based on Absolutely. her body size. And so like that was a really big eye-opening experience for me to see that story and understand just how problematic that rhetoric was because it it was definitely something that I have been guilty of thinking, of promoting, of being like, no, but like this person's unhealthy. Like I need to help get them healthy. And that's just not the best thinking or the realist approach. Like it's just not good. <laughs> yeah. And I know I've told you this story before, but um, we have a Peloton. I love it, especially in quarantine. I'm so glad that we have it. It was our Christmas present to each other a couple of years ago, whatever. Uh, there's a couple of Peloton Facebook groups and I'm in one of them. And a while ago, somebody posted a photo of Lizzo wearing one of her like fucking hot, tight, glittery outfits in the Facebook group. Yes. And they were like, I, I can't believe like 
she had, it was some performance she had done like on live TV and they were like, you know, a lot of people in this Peloton Facebook group are very like, they are finding fitness for the first time. They're really into, you know, the Peloton culture, which Peloton has done a great job of building a culture. But this woman posted a photo of Lizzo and just like how disgusted she was that, you know, she was like, what is this? Like, tell, I can't have my kids seeing this. I can't have my, you know, 80 year old mother seeing this. And I commented because this Peloton group is full of people posting pictures in their bikinis. Like, look at my transformation or the instructors, you know, all have banging bodies and they wear pretty skimpy outfits and people post pictures of them all the time. Like, oh my God, Stacia is goals. And so I commented just like, you know, what's the difference between like, every other photo that we see here and like Lizzo I you know and I was like I encourage you to kind of like dig deep and think about why this offends you so much and like the difference between this and she a bunch of people were like yeah you're right like this is a really important thing to call out and this woman was like you need to take your feminist extreme views out of this group and like you know I don't want to set this example for my children and it turned into like this whole thing and I'm not really one to get in like Facebook wars and the you know the mediators of this group ended up blocking her ability to comment and we're like we encourage you know people of all bodies and she is a great example and you know just like we love Lizzo we're all like very pro Lizzo but yeah like we celebrate people of all bodies there's a lot of transformation photos and stories in this group but we also really celebrate people in larger bodies and that was one of those times that just blew my mind that this woman was so disgusted by Lizzo being on stage, being a successful, amazing woman. And she didn't want her daughters to see that photo because it would somehow give them the wrong idea, which is so problematic. That's incredibly problematic. And I also want to say, just touch on quickly because you brought it up, but not actually. (laughs) 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 Just even hearing the word like before and after picture, like something that I I definitely, as I entered into the fitness space was like, oh my gosh, like I live for posting my transformation photos. I can't wait to post my clients' transformation photos. Like this idea that again, losing weight is what we should be celebrating and I think that within fitness, it is like a really problematic messaging because again, it's the idea that like when you're in a bigger body, you aren't worthy of all these great things. And it's only once you have achieved a smaller body that you deserve to be celebrated and appreciated and accepted. And to me, that's just heartbreaking because I also know that we touched on this earlier and before when we were talking about the show before we decided to record that really people can lose weight because of a lot of things that are not healthy. Mm -hmm. And so here we are celebrating and glorifying weight loss. But there's a lot of people that lose weight for illnesses, drug addiction, eating disorders, things that are really, really problematic. And we don't even bother to know or care why they lost weight. We were just like, oh my gosh, tell me your secret. Like you've lost so much weight. Like what are you doing? And that this idea that a, we can even comment about people's weight and their bodies is just like, yeah. And that's that a whole like, other thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that this idea that at whatever cost, as long as you're losing weight, like that's something that should be celebrated. And you shared a really like 
jaw-dropping story, and I would love to have your listeners listen if you want to share. Totally. So this happened to me, I think it was my senior year of high school, and I think about this story all the time because it was the first time that I realized how problematic all of this was. So my mom, as I've mentioned, had cancer, and my mom was very overweight. Like she would, if she were here today, she would, you know, admit that as well. For like, you know, the majority of my childhood, she was pretty overweight. And then she got cancer and immediately lost a ton of weight, but it was because she was so sick. Uh, (laughs) She was on, you know, she's doing chemotherapy, radiation, all of these things. And pretty much from the get-go of my mom's diagnosis, it was like, you have a very, you know, she had stage four cancer when they found it. She had a very limited timeline here on earth left. And Stacia and I are from a very small town. There's two grocery stores there, but like kind of everybody, everybody kind of goes to just one, at least when we were in high school. And so I was, I remember I was with my mom, we were in the grocery store and she had lost so much weight. She had to get a completely new wardrobe. Like it was that drastic. And I remember we were checking out and this woman came up to her and it was a mom of a girl who station I, you know, grew up with. And she was like, oh my God, you look so amazing. You have to tell me your secret. Like you are such an inspiration. And my mom was like, oh, you know, it's nothing. And like very much didn't want to talk about it. And this was before she had really like told, started telling strangers outside of her like immediate friend circle that she was dying. And this woman was like, no, tell me you look amazing. Like everybody's been talking about it. You just look so like vibrant and beautiful. And my mom was like, yeah, like, you know, it's just whatever. And kept trying to end the conversation. And this woman wouldn't let it go. And my mom finally turned to her and said, I have cancer. I am dying. Like I go to camp, you know, I go to chemotherapy. I go to radiation. And she was like, I hate that I have lost so much weight because it means that my body is dying. And like, I wish, you know, I would give anything to have the body that I used to have. And I remember the look on this woman's face, like her face turned white. She was so shocked and she apologized so much. And my mom was like, I have learned because of this I am never going to comment on someone's appearance ever again because you never know what's happening. And I remember, you know, I was there as it was happening, just watching my like 18 year old self just be like, oh my God. But I learned so much from that. And my mom, I remember we got in the car and she was just like, people will not stop asking me about it. And I'm, you know, outside, I look great. I look amazing. I have all these new clothes, but I'm so sick and I, you know, I can't eat anything. And when I do eat, I get really sick. And she's like, I would never wish this on anybody, but we're all so obsessed with being thin that that's like all anybody cares about. And I remember it was like, you know, such a teachable moment. She was like, don't comment on people's bodies, like comment on like, you look really happy or like you look really vibrant. But even saying a compliment, like it it seems like a compliment of saying like, Stacia, you look so healthy. Mm -hmm. We usually tie that to people losing weight or getting more toned. And yeah, it was just a really important lesson to me. And I'm not saying ever since that happened, I've been perfect about it, but there are so many reasons that someone's body could be changing that even though you can see it are not your business to comment on at all. It's not your business. And again, people struggle with a host of health issues at any size, like being bigger or smaller does not mean that you are healthy or not healthy. Like for example, 
a story that I had read was about this woman who was like, I had a severe drug addiction and I lost a bunch of weight and everybody was complimenting me and telling me how amazing I looked, but I literally was battling with a drug addiction that could take my life. And here you are being glorified because it's like, who cares as long as you're losing weight so that you look thin. And then I think of within the fitness space, like when you look at the bodies of the people you are idealizing and like putting or idolizing, I don't know what, is it idolizing or idealizing? Are those two different things? Those are two different things. Okay. But they like idolizing is like, you're my idol. Idealizing means like, it's the ideal. Okay. Yeah. English lesson 101. English lesson from Stacia. (laughs) Guys, we are just here to offer so many different types of content. (laughs) And that within the fitness space, when you have these like, quote unquote, dream bodies, most of these people, if they are women, are lacking their period and have a host of other problems that are in their hormones are out of whack. They're experiencing a ton of mental distress because of the discipline and restriction and like exhaustion that goes into maintaining that type of physique. But yet here we are like dreams, Golbod, you are perfection. And it's like, you don't know what that person is battling internally. And I can't even... Yeah, I can't even like list all of the people that I've seen this happen to. And I'm sure, Stacia, you've seen this happen. I'm sure pretty much every person listening can think of one person who they've seen this happen to. Of the people I follow on Instagram who are in the fitness or the wellness space or whatever, who look amazing and then come out and say like, hey, I had a really bad eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Like um, Lee from America, I'll link her bio in the show notes. She's a really good example of she was like this picturesque wellness blogger and she would talk about smoothie bowls and you know having adaptogens all the time and then she took an Instagram hiatus for like months like did not post was not there came back and was like hey I just got out of an eating disorder treatment facility because I had terrible orthorexia and anorexia but I didn't realize it because I was just posting about like being healthy all the time and I have seen I follow so many people who are in the wellness fitness whatever space who I have seen that happen to who have been like hey I had an eating disorder or like hey my content will be changing I'm so sorry that I was pushing this message on you so again it's like even if someone seems like they're in a really good space like you were saying we have no idea they might not have their period they might have a terrible eating disorder and just happen to look really great. They could be going through a really stressful, depressing time that they're not even sharing on Instagram that's causing them to lose a ton of weight. So you you just really never know. I feel like I can't even believe we're like... 40 minutes into this conversation. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I'm so a, much I, it's only say. the beginning. <laughs> There's an article that I found a couple months ago that I posted on my Facebook wall. Facebook yes. Wall. Oh my gosh. Yes. Please thing? share this. I know exactly what you're going to okay. say because I really wanted to ask you about this because this was something yeah. that like totally blew my mind that like in a larger body based discrimination between like doing activities or fitting into clothing. So please it's tell just, us. Okay. So someone, <laughs> someone sent this to me on Instagram and I'm so sorry. I don't remember who you were, but thank you so much for sending this to me. Cause they were like, this totally seems like an article you'll love. And it was about it, this woman wrote it and she was like, I grew up skiing, you know, and being a competitive skier. And like, I love skiing. I'm very active, all of this stuff. And she was like, I, you know, have gained some weight. And she was like, I can't even find men's or women's clothes that fit me. 
And so she turned, it turned into this really beautiful essay that I'll find that was basically like, like, why do I not have the right to be able to buy clothes that fit me? And this is a trend just across fashion and apparel as a whole, but especially I just want you guys to start noticing in the fitness space specifically, like often clothes go up to an XL, which if you're tall like me, you can hit XL pretty quickly. So we don't have a lot of clothes for people in larger bodies. And so there's this society undertone of like, you're disgusting. You need to lose weight. But also, we're not going to give you any clothes that you can wear while you're trying to lose weight if that's something that you want to do. And we put people into this hole. And so she, it was this whole article just about how she was like, why can't I find even men's clothes? Like, I, first of all, I shouldn't have to go looking in the men's section for clothes that fit me. And why are none of these outdoor companies making anything that I can wear? And if they are, it's only in like a lot of times, even in 2020, clothes for larger people are only in like black. Mm -hmm. Like we don't give them, you know, there will be this whole line of beautiful spring colors like right now. And then it's like, oh, but if you're a two XL or above, here's like this one pair of black pants and a black shirt you can wear. Like we just don't think of them. We don't offer them anything. So I posted it on my Facebook wall and I was like, this is really interesting. And like, this is definitely a problem that like, you know, people deserve access to clothes that fit them. That's like a basic human right. And people, I don't know if you saw this, Stacia, but people went off in the comments and it was a lot of older people, kind of like our parents' generation who were like, she just needs to get healthier. And yeah, it's hard, but like, she just needs to do it. And it was like, that's not the point of this article. The point is, why doesn't she have the right to have clothes Mm -hmm. that fit her? Yeah. Like, that's what's so crazy about all of this is that you really, unless you're like, either have experienced it firsthand you don't really truly understand how much is it it has infiltrated your belief system and how you speak of others to others even if you're silently judging someone that there still is this like deeply set belief that society has instilled upon us from a very young age that like yeah thin bodies are good bodies and big bodies are bad and that uh, You should always be striving to be in a smaller body. And that I think it's so unfortunate because we don't even have time to dive into it, but just the amount of discrimination and like, I think that the clothing is even just another form of discrimination. They're not being adequate space and romantic discrimination, people that like will be dated in private, but not in public because of their body size or people being afraid to be seen in public with larger people. Like what are people going to think of me? And that there really is like people getting discriminated against about their job because fat equals lazy. So therefore they are not going to be seen as worthy of a promotion or being able to make it as far because of these beliefs that simply aren't true and that aren't serving the community of people in larger bodies and for me educating myself becoming more aware and sharing resources and deciding like something I've become passionate about and it's still something that I haven't figured out totally but that I want to be an ally even though I 
don't experience this. Like when it comes to racism, when it comes to discrimination Mm -hmm. on body size, like I want to do my best to be an ally in the best way possible. And I know that I'm certainly probably not going to get it right every single time. Right. But it's something that I'm really passionate about because it's like, okay, yes, I may truly not understand what this community faces, but I do think that the more people are talking about it, especially as a fitness and health professional and someone that's worked with a lot of clients and has a lot of experience that I want to be the trainer and the person that's promoting a more positive, inclusive message that we are all worthy of all the good things in life, regardless of our body size. And I will say as somebody who was your client for a long time, you do such a good job of encouraging the like strength milestones and developments. And as I've mentioned, like when I was working with Stacia, I did lose a lot of weight and I went down like some clothing sizes, but you never celebrated that. Like you were always just like, you look so strong or like you seem so happy or like, I'm so glad to see that you like love fitness. And it was never about weight loss with Stacia, which I just like so appreciated. Have you seen, this is kind of a sidebar, have you seen the movie Britney Runs a Marathon? No, I have not. On Netflix? Okay, so everybody, Stacia, this is your homework and I will watch it. I'll watch it. I think it's on Netflix. It might be on Amazon. I want homework. I love homework. I'll watch it with you if you want. And I recommend that all of you guys watch it, but it's this girl and, you know, it's like a little bit cheesy. She's like drinking all the time and eating all of this food and she doesn't work out at all and she's really unhappy and she ends up joining a running group deciding she's going to get into running and she has this whole life transformation her body doesn't really change all that like she loses a little bit of weight and they definitely have like some makeup on her to make her look like really depressed and you know like unhealthy (laughs) and then like the makeup starts like she's like vibrant and beautiful but she doesn't become this stick thin figure, which I love about this movie. But there's a part in it when she's at a really low point where she goes to like a family, it's like a picnic or something for someone's birthday. And there's this really hot guy and he has his girlfriend or his fiance or something. And she is a larger woman. She's beautiful. She's super cute. And this girl, Brittany, when she's in her low point, keeps being like, oh, did you guys meet like a long time ago? And she keeps trying to insinuate, oh, you guys must have met like when you were really thin, Mm -hmm. you know, and like asking all these questions about like, how did you guys meet? And then she gets drunk and basically says like, all these things about like, he's, you know, you're lucky to be with him. And he's like, fuck you. I'm lucky to be with her. And it ends up being this evolution. And then these two women have like a great, you know, sort of like moment later, but it's also that thing of like, oh, there's no way he would be attracted to you like this. You must have met when she was like really beautiful and thin. And then she put on a ton of weight. Cause like, why would anybody who looks like that be worthy of love. And it's, I thought it was a really great commentary on just like our culture as a whole. And the movie did, you know, for being kind of a cheesy feel good movie did do a really good job addressing that. And it's also like, do you follow Jenna Kutcher on Instagram? Have you heard of her? Is she the gold digger podcast? Yeah, she's the gold digger podcast. (laughs) So she does all this like really great marketing and business advice and has a podcast that's called the gold digger podcast. But her, she's also in a larger body. I think she's so cool because she's like an airy ambassador and like they take photos of her in her ad campaigns. But her husband is a personal trainer and is just like shredded. And she used to post about it all the time. I haven't followed her account as closely for a while, but people would just she would feel very self-conscious going out with him 
in public and people would make comments about the two of them being together. And he was always like, I think she's so sexy and so beautiful. But she was like, yeah, I feel like people don't understand why he's with me because he's this shredded, beautiful, like personal trainer, but that's just his body. And this is just my body. And yeah, just like a lot of really good comments on that. So I encourage you guys to watch Britney runs a marathon, follow Jenna Kutcher and like read about, you know, some of her marketing stuff is a little much for me, but read her commentary just on her marriage, because I think it's really interesting. And I think you make such a good point that it literally breaks my heart that there are people out there That like the message is being spread that you are not worthy of love because of your body. And like, it's so fucked. That is just that basically is reducing us to our bodies. And we are so much more than our bodies. And so much more than our bodies. It's just, uh, I am like, I feel like that's basically my biggest mission. So this definitely falls into like the category of we are more than our bodies. And like, I love that you shared some of those great resources. I had a few that I had looked up and like something that I've seen a lot of as I've done research is uh, the health at every size which is a really awesome resource. Like I was going through their website. And so really just informing yourself about with different resources. That was one that I found was really helpful. They like, they describe themselves as advanced social justice and to create an inclusive and respectful community mm. and support people of all sizes in finding compassionate ways to take care of themselves. And I was That's like, beautiful. yes, like, empowering them to take compassionate care of themselves like that is what we should be telling people to do we shouldn't be like lose weight so that then you can start loving yourself like how about you start taking care of yourself now because you are worthy now yeah and uh, I just I think that that was a really awesome resource that I will definitely link in the show please do I would love for all of us to look at that yeah so they had just really really and very straightforward like to the point like you can learn so much just by spending like five minutes on this website and And then I also found a book that I have not personally read, but I read a lot of good things about it. And I just based on the title, I was like, oh, okay, like this sounds fascinating. Like body respects what conventional health books get wrong, leave out and just plain fail to understand about weight. And it's Mm. within this book, the author, Linda Bacon, she talks about how weight loss is not the key to health. Diet and exercise are not effective weight loss strategies and fatness is not a death sentence. And so it's just like how we are learning to shift the thought behind what weight really does mean because like truth be told like there are plenty of people who are super physically active and thin and fit their whole life and drop dead at 50 years old well for example okay he didn't die but bob harper from the biggest loser like had a freaking heart attack and you would think he's the epitome of health i know people that are morbidly obese and 85 years old or people who are obese and run marathons or like (laughs) climb mountains you know yeah like there's so much evidence beyond just uh, that health equals weight and weight equals health and that like they're really it is a complicated issue and there's so much more that goes into it and absolutely trying to get rid of the stigma that being larger means you are lazy or less worthy or less competent so many or good resources. all this yeah. stuff is just like so mind-boggling and the ways that we like any marginalized group there's like societal microaggressions that you don't even realize that you are doing against these people with the way that you speak and present yourself and so really learning and examining your own biases like we said in the beginning and doing our best not to measure a person's worth on their weight or their size imagine Station, that yes. <laughs> Wow, what great common sense. And I will say too, I kind of touched on this earlier, but like, I think we're really told by society what we should find attractive. And 
that's not always the case, right? Like there are so many people who think people in larger bodies are fucking hot and beautiful because they are like I, you know, some people are, I'm attracted to men who look a certain way. Like my husband like perfectly fits like my type of person, but like there are other people who have a totally different, you know, taste. And I mentioned before, like uh, in an earlier podcast, like something that I I love my husband for so many reasons. I love Dan, but something I remember when we first started dating, he was like, yeah, I just like, you were so strong. And I thought that that was like so attractive. And that's not something that we're often told as women. And so it's just a reminder that like, we all find different things attractive and you don't have to fit into this like societal expectation of what being attractive and beautiful is and to like detach yourself from that. And then also, I can't remember if you sent it to me, Stacia, or who sent it to me, but it was this like a carousel of images on an Instagram post of all of the men who sort of run the diet industry in the United States. Did you send nope, that to this me? Sounds fascinating. It okay, it's so great. I'm gonna repost Please like the do. whole fucking thing. But it was basically just like these are the men that created diet culture in the United States. And it was like the guy who owns Beachbody, the CEO of the Atkins diet, Mm -hmm. all of these people. And I thought it was really interesting because a lot of them are not very like thin necessarily, but it was just commentary on like these, all of these people are profiting off of your negative thoughts on your body. And they have done that very thoughtfully to create this booming industry Mm -hmm. and so it was just like all this messaging you've been told is not for your benefit it's so that you will buy these people's products and just to like remember that in your brain the diet culture and fat phobia is a construct created by people who want to make money which I mean I saw this this weekend and it has been blowing my mind ever since and I'm just like why don't I think about this more often because that's a thing too like so much of this is created by people who want us to spend money on their shape or their workout programs. They make us feel less than so that then we try to buy their shit. And um, like picture this just like in general, the more I become aware of like the world and how it actually works, like something you can always (laughs) do is when you feel like you are getting a strong message or like trying, like having this internal battle, like follow the money. Who is trying to make a a profit from the belief that you are telling yourself? Like, Who can make money by you believing that? Yeah. Why do you think that you need X, Y, Z thing? Yeah. And that there really is uh, the reason the messaging is so strong is because it is a billion trillion dollar industry. As long as people are Mm -hmm. feeling less than insecure and horrible about themselves, they're going to keep spending money because they're sold the false belief that that is going to be what then allows them to feel better about themselves. Can you guys tell that Stacia and I are like incredibly passionate about this topic? I feel like we're both so fired up right now. I'm so fired up. (laughs) I'm I'm fired up. And I just want to give out like the homework because I give this to myself all the time. But I just want you guys all to notice, like especially this week, if you're talking to somebody or an observation you make about somebody, if you're giving them a compliment, try to have it not be on their appearance Mm. at all. Lizzie, I literally have a post that I'm posting to Instagram that is on this. We are the same (laughs) fucking person. I love it. Because you really should Compliment people's choices. Compliment their choices. Compliment their values. Compliment their goals. Like, and that's just also like when someone's like, wow, Stacia, like you're so thoughtful. Or like, Stacia, you are so fucking good at editing podcasts. Like, melt my heart. That that hits differently than people who are like, 
Stacia, you like lost a ton of weight, right? Because then you're just like, oh, that's all you care about. And that's all you notice. So I challenge you guys to do it. I really try to be thoughtful. I have a lot of um, relatives and friends who have really young daughters. Mm -hmm. And I always try to be like, you know, I'll be like, oh, you look so cute from time to time. But I really try to be like, wow, you are so smart or you are so strong because kids pick up on that shit. And I just really challenge you to think about how you're interacting with everybody, but especially the younger women who are really impressionable in your life. That's your guys' homework. I'm like the exact same way. I love that. I love that. That is amazing homework because that's something I'm being super conscious of because we should compliment also our bodies are going to change. Our beauty is going to change. So if we're only uplifted for those things when they change, then we are going to feel less than. If someone's like, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful. And then like, say you get into an accident and your face becomes disfigured. All of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I'm no longer beautiful. And it's like, I'm well, nothing. that was never yeah. what actually made you beautiful. No. Let's lift people up for things more than their looks because damn it women we are more than our bodies and we are more than our beauty also yes 100% to everything you just said but also this is sort of why I love having a podcast as you guys can't even see us right now <laughs> it is you amazing. know like I think that's really important yeah like the value here is not what we look like or how we're presenting ourselves it's beyond that what and we I have just to say the messages and uh, what we believe in and our values and sharing them with the world which is why well, I love doing this with you Lizzie me too Stacia <laughs> and I just want you guys all to know no matter what you look like how you're feeling even if you're like so stoked on you know your physical appearance right now you are always 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 so much deeper and so much more than your body and what you look like and what society is telling you. And I just hope that you guys know that we are always here to like cheer you on in that way. And it is okay. Like we've talked about to want to change your appearance, but that doesn't mean that like, that's all that you are. You are so much more than that. And I would love to hear what your yay for the day is, Lizzie, after this like amazing and incredible conversation. Uh, I know, Thank I you talk for about this. this forever. I feel like we're definitely going to have to do like a part uh, two, yes. a follow up. <laughs> I mean, we already did that with sober curiosity because we're so passionate about that. My yay for the day is that, uh, so we're recording on Monday. Yesterday was Mother's Day, which like <laughs> traditionally is not my favorite day yeah. uh, historically. But my two of my really good girlfriends were like, hey, we're all going to hang out on Mother's Day like weeks ago. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, no one can really see their moms this year anyway, which made it kind of nice. But they surprised me. I fucking love cheese, as Stacia knows. Mm -hmm. And they surprised me by bringing over like all this like charcuterie. They brought my favorite like CBD soda. Um, and we like hung out in my backyard with our feet in a kiddie pool. <laughs> And just like had a really good day. And they were like, yeah, we know this day is like really shitty for you. So we like brought over some and they totally surprised me. It was so thoughtful. Um, and I'm somebody who I really like doing things like that for other people, but I'm not good at taking it when people do it for me. So it was just like so thoughtful. And I just felt so lucky to have such wonderful women in my life. And it was such a fun day. And it like gave me such happy memories. And I just felt a yay for like having people in my life that even think to do something like that for me so that was my yay mm. what was yours that makes me so happy you deserve it was so those beautiful. types of friendships and people just doing great things Thank you. for you <laughs> that being said I ate so much cheese yesterday that today I cannot stop farting so. <laughs> I yay, am a cheese. fart <laughs> cheese is so we good what's cheese. your yay for the day Stacia so uh, I mine is related to yesterday because this is something that 
really has been on my mind lately, especially something I talk with my sister about because both of us, I think we both work for ourselves and do, and you can probably relate to this too, where it's like, I found that once I made that shift that I had a really difficult ability to remember like it's okay to have fun (laughs) and I think a lot of us even as we grow up into adults that we like forget that it's good to play and have fun like we get so focused on career and accomplishments and earning things that we forget that we like don't have to earn the right to play and so something that I've been thinking a lot about and then yesterday for Mother's Day my brother sister-in-law my two nieces and nephew my sister my mom etc we all got together and my mom stayed distant which was so sad but at least we got to see her and totally <laughs> but we set up the slip and slide and I would say for the first oh my god I saw that <laughs> for the first 30 minutes I was like oh, I'm just gonna let the kids do it and I'm like I like ugh, trying to make up all the excuses in the world as to why I should not enjoy the slip and slide and then I was just like oh my god like just go be a kid, Stacia. And I just like went for it and ran down the slip and slide. And we had so much fun, like deep belly laughter of just like playing like kids with my nieces and my nephew and having like the time of our life. And it just really brought back to me the idea that it's good to approach life with that childlike enthusiasm and that uh, that we can still have just uh, unstructured ridiculous amounts of fun being a kid as an adult (laughs) and I really enjoyed that that sounds so fun I can't remember the last time I did a slip and slide I don't know if I ever really have so I was like (laughs) they're so great we should for sure like do one (laughs) so a couple years ago I was in my cousin's wedding they got married on Vashon in like September October and it was supposed to be a beautiful day ended up dumping rain which like you know as a bride you could totally flip out about yes and After the ceremony and all the like important stuff had happened, it was like it was raining so hard at this wedding that like the tent that they had rented was like, you know, kind of collapsing and like puddles were. And so my cousin was just they were just like, fuck it. And in their suit and wedding dress, they did a giant slip and slide Ah! (laughs) at their wedding, like on like this like tarp that was like set up already. And then like everybody did it. And we all had clothes to change into anyway for like, you know, later your comfy clothes. And it was so fun. And my cousin still like to this day, she's like, yeah, I had a fucking slip and slide at my wedding. It was great. Like, you know, it could have, that could have ruined the day, the rain, but we just like made the most out of it. That is amazing. That story makes me so happy. And also, side note, Emily, if you're listening, it was hilarious. One of our listeners, Emily, she reached out to me and she was like, also just bash on being a small community. Uh, she saw my yay for the day and she was like, oh, my God, I drove by you and I saw everybody ah! doing that. And I wondered yay. who that was. And I was like, I wish I could do it. And I was like, that's you're like, girl, hilarious. next time, come back. <laughs> I do want to take a second. We said a while ago that we were going to be reading um, reviews. So I want to read a review. It, and then if this was your review, shoot us a um, a DM on Instagram and we'll send you a little goodie. <laughs> this review is says my new BFFs and it's by Summertime W. And she said, I think Lizzie and Stacia might be my new BFFs. This podcast truly makes me feel like I'm sitting down for coffee, listening to the most funny and insightful friends talk about topics that matter. I'm so thankful they started this podcast. It's truly helping me through quarantine. Thank you for putting yourselves out there and for sharing your stories. I tell everyone about this and I couldn't rate this podcast high enough, which wow. I'm just going to go. <laughs> Ugly. I'm just gonna go sob Jesus. like into my dogs right now. But thank you so much, Summertime W. We appreciate you 
please DM us so we can send you some love. And again, thank you guys so much for rating, reviewing, and subscribing. It truly just means the world to us. We appreciate you all so much. It really does. And definitely, if you have great things to say and you've been loving this podcast and you write us a review, you can be featured on our show too. So give it a try. We love hearing what you have to say. Yeah, we love hearing what you have to say. Topic ideas, even like feedback. Stacia and I are super open to feedback. And Stacia, you sort of said this earlier, but I think next week we should cover the fitness industry. Please, please. I've been dying to tear this one apart. I'm putting it out into the world. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. Join us next week when we talk about the fitness industry. And remember, hey, you got this. Bye-bye.